Well, thanks for letting me be here. Um, this is probably like my fifth, sixth time that I've been here at City Branch. My wife and I have lived in Des Moines for 16 months, and in that time, a lot of things have happened in our lives. I went from being an intern to being on staff. I went from being uh, somewhat newly married to now being the father of a five-and-a-half-month-old. So if you hear that noise, that's my son. I know that you, know, you don't have to feel bad. He might scream. That's, that's cool. I'm used to it by now. But I've also been able to be a part of Hope long enough to know that, that something's happening. Something's going on here. It's been happening at Lutheran Church of Hope for 16, 17 years, but, but you can feel the Spirit moving, can't you? I mean, for real. I mean, not one of those things where you stand back and you nod your head because everybody else is, but you can sense that something's happening. First time I was at City Branch, probably 13 months ago, to who you are today, you're, you look good. <laughs> City Branch, you look good. God's at work and God's on the move, and I praise God for that. I praise God for you. I praise God for the ministry that you're doing because I don't think it's an accident, and I think that God is really at work at what's going here. And so this morning, I want you to take an opportunity to sit back and breathe that in. We all came here this morning, as John prayed about, we all came here with different things going on in our lives. I don't know. I don't know what last night was for you. I don't know if last night was one of those nights where it was the middle of the night and all you could do is stare at your ceiling and sleep would not come. That might have been you last night. Last night for you might have been just one of the better nights that is in recent memory. I don't know what it's been for you. But we come here this morning and we experience a God who's alive and active in our midst and we and we get to experience, not just here, but we get to experience the word that he has for us. We're in the midst of a nine-week. Who does a sermon series for nine weeks? But Jesus does. Jesus allows us to, to look at a, a message that he delivered in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, if you want to follow along. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. We've been doing it for a while. But Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus delivers a message. And I'm going to keep walking in front of the screen because getting confined to one sign, I might go a little claustrophobic. So, uh, but Jesus delivers this message, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's a message that's radically altered the face of, of not just the world that Jesus lived in, but our world today. When we listen, when we hear the words, and we take a moment to listen to what Jesus would have to say, not just to the crowd that was gathered to hear him speak, but also to the crowd that is gathered here to hear the words as, as he preached them. Over the course of this message, I've been really sinking myself in to wonder and to try to experience what the people who are listening to this message what really must have been going on in their hearts, what must have been going on in their minds. This Jesus, this guy who's relatively new on the scene, he has gathered some followers by this point. He goes up on the side of a mountain, side of a hillside, and he, he takes a seat, the posture that a teacher would take. He takes a seat, and the people gather around so they can listen to what he has to say. And, and in this message, in this sermon that he delivers, he 
he literally opens himself up. He opens himself up in such a way that people can witness and experience and feel and sense what he's all about. You, you've had those conversations before, haven't you? Conversations where you've been with someone, those special, those holy conversations where you feel like you're intimately present to one another. Those conversations that they stay so present in your consciousness. You can recall them in an instant. Jesus has that type of presence with these people that have gathered. It's a Jewish crowd. Jesus himself was a Jewish man. The people gathered, they knew what his, they knew what the law had to say. They were well aware of it. They knew the laws and the customs in which their lives were governed and Jesus speaks a message that cuts straight through this law. Throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses words like, you have heard, and he'll explain a law. And then he follows it with, but I say. And I wonder if it was offensive to them. I wonder if they heard the words that Jesus had to say and there was a part of them, a part of their heritage, a part of their past, a part of their tradition that took offense. Because to be completely honest, when I read these words, when I go through the Sermon on the Mount, there's a part of me that's, that's offended as well. Uh, not offended in a bad way, but offended in a challenged way. Jesus begins the message and he talks about people who are blessed. We refer to them as the Beatitudes, which literally means blessings. And he goes through all the people who are blessed and the situations that they find themselves are so countercultural. Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor for you are rich because God is with you. Jesus, in the next segment, he talks about how you and I are called to be the light of the world, that being followers of this teaching, we have a job, and the job is to bear the image, bear the presence of the living God to the community around us. He says, you are the light of the world. And then he goes and he gives us a a message on sex and sexual boundaries and the holiness of marriage. And then he talks about anger about our need for revenge, about our need to get even. And then he talks about what motivates you and where do you find your identity. And then he talks about worry. What are you worried about? What is it for you? We read these words and so many of us, we can find ourselves intimately in that story, but you might be saying to yourself, well, it's good lessons, it's a good message so far, but that's not my thing. I don't struggle with those things. It's, it's great stuff, but, but nothing that hits close to home. I can tell you people that it would be important to. I can tell you those who struggle with their marriages. I can tell you those who struggle with sex. I can tell you, tell you those who struggle with worry. I can, I can point them out to you as, as quickly as their names come to my head. Well... Jesus' next words are for you. Jesus' next words in the Sermon on the Mount are judge not. It's something that plagues us, isn't it? No matter what he has said up to this point, you can dismiss that 
if you would like, but when Jesus says judge not, there's something about that that hits us at the core. You've probably already been there this morning. The people you've come across, the people you've seen, maybe in your marriage, in your house, as you walked through the doors this morning, you've seen people and within a moment there's a snap judgment in your head that just by the very look of them you make a judgment, you make an evaluation, you make an opinion on who they are as people. Jesus says to you, judge not. Is it a problem for you? Is it something that you find yourself resorting to so often in your lives? Jesus says, stop it. Jesus says, stop it because it's killing you. Not physically, but emotionally, it'll kill you. You see, there's something about our culture, there's something about our society, there's something about us as humans where we think we have the right, we think we have the privilege, we think we have the standing to be able to judge who other people are. I'm not saying personal judgment. There is some judgment that's good. There are situations we come across where we have to discern, we have to decide whether or not something is healthy for us or unhealthy for us. Uh, That's a sense of discernment, of deciding what the boundaries for my life are and what I will and won't do. That's not the type of judging that Jesus is talking about. Uh, Jesus is talking about a whole different type of judgment. It's the judgment that seeks to condemn. Last week I was going through a grocery store and the grocery store on the aisle of the grocery store is lined with all those magazines. Those magazines, the In Touch Weekly, the U.S. Weekly, the National Enquirer, the Star Magazine. Magazines that make millions of dollars by having photographers follow celebrities around hoping to find them in a situation where they can take a picture when these people are painted in not so great of a light. They want to take a picture that will judge them because what, a picture is worth a thousand words, isn't it? And these magazines will unfold a story about these people, about these celebrities, and they'll prey on our need, our carnal need to pick other people apart. There's something that draws us when we see that magazine about that movie star that we want to open it up and we want to read it and we want to get the latest dirt so somehow we can make a judgment. I'm not saying they're all right. I'm not saying they're all wrong. I'm saying what is it about us that we need to judge? What is it about us that we think we have the right, we think we have the privilege to take that stance? James has very strong words about this. James chapter 4. James says, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? James says this is God's, God's role alone. 
God alone has the authority. God alone has the right. God alone has the responsibility to be the judge. So release yourself from that role. You see, because the judgment, the process of judging isn't altogether a bad thing, but the process of judgment depends on who the judge is. And you and I make pretty awful judges. You and I in our humanity, you and I in our sinful nature are very poor judges. So it's not the judgment that's wrong. It's the judge who comes out of a poor place. About four, four or five years ago, I was doing young adult ministry in Fargo, North Dakota, and I was leading a worship community, and it was about time for me to move on. I was going to go to seminary, and as I was transitioning out, there was a change in leadership. So it was one of the last weeks that I was going to give the message at, we called it fuel. And, and for me, it was really hard to let the reins go. You see, because at that point, at that time, it was all about me. I mean, I was telling people about Jesus, but the ministry, to be truthful, was all about what I'd done with it in my head. My identity was wrapped up in it, and as I transitioned out of that role, there was a fear and there was an insecurity in me going forward. One of the people who was going to take over after I had gone, who was going to be in leadership after I had left, was a woman who I was close friends with. One of the messages that she gave right before I left, she, she made an opinion. She let an opinion be known that I didn't agree with. It wasn't a, a moral opinion. It was just a simple matter-of-fact opinion about a situation that for some reason it didn't resonate with me. And in my insecurity, in my state that I was in at that time of my life, I felt the need to point it out to everybody that I knew except for her. Everybody I came across, can you believe she said that? That's just like her, isn't it? I mean, how close-minded is she? Until the phone rang and Kim asked me, she said, Jeremy, what is it? What is it about what I said that offends you so much? And Jeremy, if you really thought it was wrong, why didn't you come to me about it? Jeremy, was your judgment more for building me up? Or was your judgment for building yourself up? You see, there's a process of judgment that seeks to tear other, other people down so we can lift ourselves up. Who's it been for you? Who has it been for you that you've that you've held under such close scrutiny, just waiting for them, just waiting for them to misstep. So as soon as they misstep, you can point it out so everybody will know. Everybody will know just how wrong that they are. They're the people that you, that you don't, you, you, you silently root against. It's the people that in your heart of hearts, you hope that they fail. Because their failure 
will make you look better. Who is it for you? Is it a colleague? Is it a spouse? Is it a friend? Is it a family member? That everything they do, you just hope. You just kind of root that they would fail. You see, that's the type of judgment that Jesus is talking about. Jesus says, judge not or you will be judged. The same standard to which you measure people is the standard to which you will be measured. If you're one of those people that puts the microscope on everybody around you, that's the way that they are going to put the microscope on you. And then Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, Jesus gets very pointed. Jesus says, hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. This word hypocrite that Jesus uses to the audience that Jesus is speaking to, they know what the word hypocrite, the word hypocrite literally means actor. The word literally, Jesus is saying, you actors, the actors who put a mask on, they have a false front. They play out another identity. Jesus says, who are you trying to fool? Who are you trying to put the mask on? Take the mask off. What mask are you hiding behind? Every single day, so many of us, we walk out of our houses and we, we put the mask on so that everybody, everybody all around us, absolutely everybody will think that we have it all together, that our lives are perfect, that everything's okay, that everything's just going the way that we would just dream it would be going. And Jesus is saying, you hypocrites, you hypocrites, take the mask off, get real. Don't put up the false front any longer. Don't hide behind the mask that you've been living your life. Have you been hiding behind a mask in your life? And Jesus says, you hypocrite, you actor, it's not a word of condemnation. It's a word that will set you free to come out from behind the mask, to get real, to come fully present before a God who is holy. To say, God, I, I confess that I don't have it all figured out. God, I confess. God, I confess that I am imperfect. God, I confess that I have blurry vision. Jesus says, you hypocrite. Don't be so quick to point out the speck of sawdust in somebody else's eye when you have a huge plank in your own. Jesus says, get real. Come clean. Come clean and deal with the junk that you have to deal with. Come clean before a God who is holy and say, God, I don't have it figured out. And God, I don't want to do this on my own any longer. God, I'm going to come clean. I'm going to pull, as scary as it is, I'm going to pull the mask off and be who I am. You see, the judgment isn't bad. It's just the measure of who the judge is. And we have a judge who is perfect. We have a judge who judges 
justly with grace. We have a judge who looks at us unmasked, looks at us in our unmasked state and loved us enough to come down and enter into our world. Jesus enters into this world so you would not have to feel the insecurity that would prompt you to judge. We all know the scripture verse, John 3.16. Scripture verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God loved the world so much. God loved the world so much that whoever, regardless of who they are, whoever believes in them, regardless of their background, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of their race, regardless of their beliefs, God loves them so much, so much that he sent his only son to die for them. The only people who have a problem with who Jesus died for are you and I. We are the only ones who have a problem with dealing with the grace that Jesus Christ came into this world to share. And what is it about us that causes us to be so insecure that we don't want to admit that Christ died for the person who is sitting next to us? That we want to be the judge. That we want to share. We want to tell God who is worthy. Yeah, but God, if you only knew how they acted. God, if you only knew what happened behind closed doors. God, if you only knew the way that they looked at that woman as she walked by. God, if you knew that. God knows. God knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him can you deal with the graciousness of God? Can you deal with the radical love of Jesus Christ that entered into the world for us? John 3.17 See, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God didn't send his son in to condemn it. God sent his son into the world to judge it by the measure of grace that he showed on the cross. Who is it that you need to show that grace to this morning? Who is it that you have been so quick to judge? Would you stop it? Would you set free? Would you set free yourself from that responsibility? Would you step out from behind that mask? Would you come clean? Would you get real? Would you realize that you are the one who needs the graciousness of God? And in response to the graciousness of God, you will be set free to love the world around you. You are the light of the world, so act like it. You are the salt and light of this earth that have been set free by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to set free all of those people who are around you.
Would you take yourself off the judgment seat and let God be the judge? Let the God who came into this world as a human be the judge to set people free through the act of justice that came on the cross. Jesus says, judge not. Don't get caught in that game. Don't get caught in that behavior because it's an awful prison to find yourself Judge not or you will be judged. The same standard to which you measure people will be the standard to which you are measured. You hypocrite, take the mask off. Come clean and allow yourself to receive the grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you receive that this morning? Will you receive that this morning because it will set you free it will set you free let's pray